we are, here we are, here he is, here he is. Here we is. YBA and Fat Drake. Diapers and dog houses, 2020. Another month's gone. May's out of here. Good gracious, this has been this has been way too fast. Yeah, we're at the midway point, man. Man, crazy I year. Like, I feel like without sports, that's what's making things so, go so fast. Like, yeah, we'd be in the middle of like NBA playoffs right now. Like, I, yeah, finals almost. It, it, it's so weird how like time is kind of how we. Like, yeah, without without all the sports, it's just like. Days are just listlessly floating by. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's 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 a strange town for sure. Yeah. Um. Wanted to shout out to all the graduating seniors. Man. In the 2020, I know you got dealt the horrible hand, but divers and dog houses, we're here for you. Yeah, man. Um. We, uh, go ahead, man. Speak on it, man. You're a teacher. So You're a teacher, man. Well, it's just good. I mean, my, you know, shout out Newton High School, Dr. Buff, putting together a, uh, a little thing for uh, our seniors this past week. They had to come pick up their, their diplomas and, and uh, get the caps and gowns and all that. So we, we kind of set up as teachers all along the entryway and, and uh, social distancing, of course. But of course, like, of course. Set up with signs just to kind of cheer them on and, you know, got to take some, some socially distanced selfies with them. And it was just good to see all those kids you know, some of those folks we might not see again or for a long time. and Yeah. Just being, having to, you know, especially the guy who teaches seniors, uh, you know, just being able to see him one more time. And, uh, you know, I shout out to all of them. I, I'll specifically shout out to my boy, Gerald, Gerald Hines. Uh, that's that's my son, Gus. Is like, that's his hero. That's okay. Gerald's Gerald, like a star football player. He's wide receiver, like, Man, it was just so good to see him because, you know, like when Gus would come in, he my kids come to the school after school every day and uh, hang out. Uh, they ride the bus over there. And Cheryl, uh, who Lisa and I both taught, mm. would come up and hang out with him and watch movies with him. Like, Gus just, like, loved him so much. So, you know, he's going to Ohio Westland next nice. uh, this fall to go play some football. So, okay. go battling, battling bishops. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But... Uh, it was just good to see, you know, Gus got to see because he went with us. And, you yeah. know, I just, just you know, we care about all those kids. And oh, I, yeah. I know it just sucks for them not to get to go. I know some people were like, oh, it's just graduation. Da, da, da. Yeah, nah, man, that's, nah, that's huge. It's, it's huge. It's yeah, big. It's that's a big huge. deal. And, and, you know, let's not be cynical about it. Some of these kids. I don't that's like that. these people posting pictures on Facebook. Like, look at my, look at my senior pic. <laughs> right. I don't get how you make that, how that makes somebody feel better. Yeah. I I just, I, I want to, you know, it's been a rough year for them. You know, they they didn't get their prom. Yep, uh, no prom, no. Yeah, that's, oh, man. I'm sorry, uh, guys. I know. Shout out to them, though. They handled it well. Yeah. I, I had a lot of kids come through in the clutch, needed to get their grades up. And, yeah. Uh, came in towards the end. Very few of them kind of, kind of didn't do well in that so <laughs> uh, I wanted to shout out uh, my niece uh, Elise Pass and sort of like my niece Kayla I can't pronounce her last name I just call her Kayla she uh, they both graduated senior high schools uh, they're both going to not sure what college I think I wish I had a million dollars to give them both but 
I will. I just got love. How the how the Backstreet Boys song go? All I got is love. Share our podcast so we can have millions. Mm. <laughs> Start us a college fund. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's get into the hot topic mm-hmm. of the of the moment of the month. Seem like it seemed like this whole month has just been race relations in America. First, we had the uh, the jogger getting killed in Brunswick um, by the two good old boys. Mm-hmm. Armand. And, and, yeah, Armand Arbery. And, and then recently, I guess it was this week, uh, we had George Floyd being murdered by a police officer uh, who had him, you know, handcuffed and had his knee on his back. Probably broke his spine. I, I don't know how. I don't know what happened specifically, but on his neck. I mean, it was straight up on his neck. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I didn't watch the video. I didn't watch the video for either one of them because, I mean, I don't really need to with all the commentary online. But yeah, it's just something I don't like looking at. Um, I had sure. to. <sighs> I don't like watching the news much anymore. Yeah. I feel like the news is just, I don't know. The news is a, a necessary, it's necessary. I think people need the news, but if I never saw the news again, I'd be okay. And it makes, yeah. it makes my, you know, it makes my wife worry. It makes me worry. I mean, what am I saying? It makes me worry. I mean, it makes me like afraid to go outside sometimes. Like, you know, can I get pulled over without getting shot? Or, you know, can I... Walk in the neighborhood and not be, you know, profiled. Not necessarily yeah. shot, but you know, I've definitely had some. I've definitely had some looks in my directions. Um, you know, my wife and I were talking about the the Central Park guy, the the bird watcher guy. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. The, the lady know, called the cops on him. Yeah. Well, even though that didn't that didn't end up, you know, anything bad happening to him. You yeah. Know, you know, with with George Ford happening the next day, it's like. That's the point. Like that's what could have happened. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's like, and, and it's like uh, I don't know, dude. I don't even know what to say, bro. <laughs> I don't like repeating myself. And I, I think people are, like looking for me to say something on Facebook or you know Twitter, and I'm just tired of saying the same things over and over. And I had a, I had a big blog. Uh, I used, I had a blog. It's probably still available. Uh, Fatdrink.blogspot.com. And I had a blog about Trayvon and uh, George Zimmerman, and uh, that really just broke my heart. You know, the whole stand your ground, him getting off. You know, it's just people are going to die. I mean, black people. You know, a person like me, like you know, I'm trying to find the right words, bro. Um. It's tough, and I really wanted to bring it up because conversations that we have to have with our kids, you know, you being a white person, me being a black person, the conversations have to be a little different. I think the the underlying theme, though, has to be love, and Drew loves everybody. I mean, Sean doesn't have to have that conversation yet, but and I necessarily haven't, I necessarily haven't had a conversation with Drew yet. 
I mean, it's nothing that my parents ever had a conversation with me about. You know, I watched TV and I saw episodes of like <laughs> I saw. Um, I remember on Urkel when uh, somebody spray painted the N word on uh, Laura's locker. Oh my god! And uh, did you see that episode? Oh, it took us back. Man. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it's a great episode, but I mean, taking us back. To, it was like, a good. Ep- it was a good episode. Uh, you know. Episode. Yeah, I mean, I didn't when I, I was probably about you know eight or nine watching that, and I'm like, mm, this is interesting. I didn't do a racism like that. I mean, I think Kanye's was a. Uh, Kanye's was a breeding ground, I feel like, for some racial stuff, but as far as, like, overtly, like, hey, N-word, I, n- I never dealt with that. I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been called, like, an N-word to my face. One, I'm big. Yeah. <laughs> One, I'm big, so nobody's really going to just say it. Well, I, th- I think in the suburbs, I mean, just speaking as a white guy who also grew up in the area, it's more soft racism. It's, it's, and I don't say that to mean it's less impactful soft racism. I yeah. mean, like, it's not like somebody just using the N-word all the time. It's, it's people making jokes. It's people making yeah. really bad stereotypes. It's people making assumptions on people, you know, based on stupid stuff. It's, it's you know, being in the wrong neighborhood. Yeah. And people looking out their windows at you or calling the police or, you know, it's... it's yeah. I, I think that's what we deal with a lot more. And I, and I think sometimes, you know, we've talked before about some of our friends that don't get it because they don't really want to. It, it takes a little more in depth to, to see kind of soft racism. Yeah, uh, it, and it takes a little more introspective because I mean I think I think any any white person that grew up in the suburb like has some of that built in. That doesn't mean that everybody's walking around being racist, but it 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 does make your reaction sometimes. Like sometimes you don't like it's so you're conditioned to it sometimes, and that's what's so hard about it is getting mm. rid of is is. You know, and it's where it comes into the kids. Like you, the way you work on it is that you condition yourself to be better, so that your kids can be better. Yeah, and I I remember when I was, you know, me, my best friend's white. He's Jack. He um, we used to talk about like how racism like would die, like with with our the next generation, probably after us, like. Nobody our age is going to teach their kids racism or, like, you know, to look down on another person because of their skin color. But, unfortunately, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll ever happen. And, you know, we talked about, you know, it's sin and, you know, sin's always going to be around. So, it's kind of hard to get rid of any sin. Right. And, um... I grew up, I mean, I grew up in a weird, so I grew up on, before I moved to Sugar Hill, you know, that was, uh, you know, the, the white neighborhood, I lived on Arena Court with my grandma until the fifth grade, and then I moved to Sugar Hill, and I didn't see many white people at all in my old neighborhood, my grandma's neighborhood, and then I moved to Sugar Hill, and I think we were the first black people there, if not the first, probably the first two or three families, it wasn't like a super nice neighborhood, you know, we had a three bedroom house. It was a, I, I thought it was a damn mansion, uh, you know, <laughs> I had my own room, but, you know, I met, you know, Jack came and knocked on my door, he was uh, inviting people to his church, uh, that's how I met him, you know, then I met, like, Jeff Seymour, and I met, like, you know, Brad Bird, and, you know, just awesome white people, <laughs> and their families, you know, their families invited me in their home, 
And I just thought like, oh, maybe, maybe all white people are like this, you know. And then, you know, as you get older and you start seeing things, you know, I went to Jack's church. I was one of the, like, the bus kids, you know. And everybody treated me, you know, fairly. I never felt like I was unwanted. You know, I heard little slick remarks, but nothing that made me, like, feel super uncomfortable. I've always had thick skin, you know, literally and figuratively. But um, some things I just let slide off my back. But it's, um, you know, you, I see stuff like, you know, the, the, the Confederate flag. You know, people get offended by that. I don't really get offended by it, you know, because I've seen it my whole life pretty much. Um, and I see somebody with a, with a, with a front bumper sticker. And I say, hey, hey here, he, he, he's, a, he's a Southern, he's a Southern guy. Leonard Skinner guy. I don't think he's necessarily a racist out to hunt blacks, but you know, it's uh, that's just where I, that's where you know that's where we grow up. That's where we grew up. I don't know, I don't know how you were raised, but I feel like you were raised around some good some good whites. I call them great whites, like the shark. I always, I always uh, I put a comment on somebody's birthday, like happy birthday to a great white, and I will post a shark uh, a shark picture. There's a lot of great whites out here, man, and there's a lot of, it's still, I mean, there's racist whites, there's, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not going to go away. I don't think racism is ever going to go away. It's just up to us as parents to kind of, and as far as, like, with Andrew, like, I'm going to have to teach Drew, like, some places you don't want to be. So, I mean, I, I don't know, dude, it's hard, bro. I can't tell my son, hey, don't walk around that neighborhood because, you you know, no, they might call the cops on you. That's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to tell my son to be a coward. Be afraid of going down a street because you might get called on. And, you know, and then, and, and I'm sorry. And then, um, and then and, and another side of me, which is like the more. Malcolm X side, I guess, is like, let me teach my kid how to shoot guns and protect himself because. I'm a, I'm a gun toter. I, I got to carry a weapon on me. I don't like carry it like on my hip at CVS, but I keep one in my car and I got a, I got a, a nice gun in my house that, you know, if something Scarface would tote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's not because I'm a gangster or nothing. I just want to protect my family and that's all I ever want to do. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line, man, because you, you want to, Preach, you know, don't be a coward, but you also want to preach you got to love. And you got to love even if it kills you. <laughs> even if it gets you killed, man. Because you want to trust people and you want to trust that, you know, they're going to give you the same respect that you're giving them. Especially with police officers, you know. I was, I was always taught to, like, respect police. Yes, sir. No, sir. Because they're authority, you know. But, you know, I've seen people like, you know, F you, you know, straight cussing a cop. And these cops are humans just like us. You know, they just have a different job. You know, I got good friends. I got a, a, one of my best friends, Milton. He's a, co a cop in uh, Virginia. And, uh, you know, one of my brothers, Josh, you know, Jack's brother is, he's like my brother. He's a cop in Virginia. And uh, I know, you know, I got cops, you know, I know cops all over the country, man. And, you know, it's it's tough. 
it's tough, man. It's you know, it's a tough job. I can't imagine being a cop. I couldn't be a cop because I, I'd be trigger happy too, probably. If I'm going into a, a house and you know I don't know what's in front of me, I might start popping too. And that's just that's that's just me without training. I, I expect that you know every police officer goes through rigorous training. And they know how to circumvent these situations, but some situations like this George Floyd thing, it's just, you know, that's just, I don't know. That's just evil. That's not, that's not something that, you know, I don't think he was taught to like, <laughs> at least I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're trying to get the cuffs on somebody, you might want to put your knee in their back to kind of like grab their arms and like position him I don't know maybe I should have called Milton or somebody on this but um when you got a guy in handcuffs and you're on his neck on his back like I don't understand how you know I don't see how you can justify that I already say I've talked to you know my good buddy Richard the state patrolman in Wyoming and, and he's already like no there's no reason you ever do that yeah like they can say whatever they want he's like no, no that guy should be in jail and charged with murder period in the story like, yeah can't, can't do that. And then you, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. You, you put him in a legal chokehold, and then he died. That's, that's why the chokehold was illegal. That's why That's why they don't teach that. That's, that's why, I mean, you can't do those things. You, you can't. I mean, I get it. I mean, saying, you know, they're, they're policing their people, and I, I'm the same way as you. You know, like, Richard's one of my best friends from way back when. Mm-hmm. They from Wyoming, you know, Michael Cobb, shout out to Michael Cobb around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, he'd be the he's godparent for my kids, like I of course. And he's a detective and like good good people. Yeah. But that 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 doesn't mean we can't scout against the bad stuff too. Like Well yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad and uh, sorry, I didn't want to. You want to keep going? I just want to no, 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 man. I, I needed the break because I'm, I'm getting upset. But yeah, well, it, it, I I posted something a long time ago. It was like every cop isn't bad, every white isn't a racist, and every black isn't a criminal. I think it was uh, I don't know who said that, but you know, it's it's the truth. Like you know, if you look at the news every night, you're going to see you're going to see black people in a horrible light sometimes. A lot of most times, you're going to see black people robbing, mugshots. You're going to see everybody, but I mean, in Atlanta, I'm in Atlanta, so when you turn on the channel two news, you're going to see a lot of black people. And I would, I would assume that a random white person would be fearful of a middle-aged black person because that's all they see on the news is uh, Sherrod is, you know robbing the, the grocery store or you know and I mean you could if that if that's all you went all if, if that's all you went by then yeah I would see how you know an elderly white lady would you know be fearful of the black guy with you know dreads and um you know pants hanging off his butt but that's just a cover of the book and um till you get to know somebody you never really know them and I think that's where we need to get toward, you know, having those conversations and not being fearful. And, you know, I've walked past cars and heard the doors click. Like, <laughs> I've, walked, I've, walked past, I've walked past cars and heard the doors lock, you know. Because I'm a big joker. I understand. Like, I'm, I'm a, I guess I look, uh, I don't look like a teddy bear. But I am. I'm a big one. But anywho, 
and, and, then, and then I see these people on Facebook, dude. I see why you left Facebook. Because is Twitter not worse? Is Twitter not the same? Twitter, Twitter's probably more of what Facebook is, maybe leaning more left. Okay. I, to me, Facebook leads right. And, and Twitter, it, to me, it's just a lot easier just to close it. I got and, you. And shut it down. And, and I, you know, a lot of what I follow, too, on, on Twitter, like, I, it, it's a lot of news information type stuff. Like, I can mute the people that do all the stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't... Facebook is- Facebook is family and friends, and that as far as that's why it hurts more. It's like I, I, <laughs> just, I didn't, I didn't need to see your thoughts on this. Yeah, sorry. yeah. I think my biggest, uh, what I hate most about this country is is everything's politicized. You know, if I, I don't think it's really, I think the line. With the Republican and Democrat is worse than black and white, man. Sometimes it's just you know they'll they'll see you know I don't know. It's hard to freaking talk about this crap, man. Um, well, I, I think I, I think the problem is that the Republican Democrat divide has gotten a lot worse in the last I'd say since the nineties. Yeah. And, it it's become very much you're either one or the other, and you know I I'm a self-proclaimed moderate. Me too. Right on th- left on things, and man, it's hard. Common sense, man. Common sense is all I say. And I, I mean, I don't. I voted. I ain't gonna talk about who I voted for. <laughs> but <laughs> I vote. I vote down. I mean, when when I when I when I go to a voting booth, I'd be an idiot. I'm not gonna say that. I'd I'd be doing myself a disservice if I just voted all Democrats or all Republicans. Right. Like I go I go to my information. Well, in this case, I've been going to websites, and I'll find the candidates, and I'll find the, their websites, and I will do research, and I will see who lines up with me more, and I will vote for said candidate, whether it's a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I lean more libertarian. I lean more, you know, leave me alone <laughs> and uh, let me protect my family and take care of my family. You take care of yours and we'll all be okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you do that, then people are like, oh, you're just wasting your votes. Somebody told me that on nope. Facebook before. You're just wasting your vote. Nope. I do. I'm voting for my con. I'm voting for my con. I don't have to vote for, you know, president who says dumb crap. Yeah, vote your conscience. I vote my conscience, exactly. John Quincy Adams, vote your conscience. Even though you vote alone, you'll know your vote's never one. Amen. And, uh, and, 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 and then uh, let's talk about the, um, anything else you want to talk about that at all? I kind of took over the whole thing. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, you know, me, I, government teacher, history teacher, like, uh, it, it's, it's just so hard. I mean, those are things. They just get hard to talk about sometimes, and, and and I almost think the internet's kind of made us dumber. Like people, mm. people are like, "Hey, here's a subject I don't know anything about. Let me go read these two websites on it." Well, not on that. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I saw a, a theology professor the other day say something. Uh, I think it was on Twitter that was like, "Hey, like, you know, uh, something about how like 
try being a theology professor where like somebody reads two pages of the Bible mm. and suddenly more than you about something you studied your whole life. Exactly. And and you know people people do, and that's not to say that people shouldn't read and shouldn't get information, but like you know we've done a bad job at teaching context and statistics and yeah, you know, that's that's one of the big things going around now. There, I've seen it. It's this graphic of uh you know, white people that have been killed by police, black people, Hispanic people, it's like the number. <sighs> and clearly the number is higher on white people, but it doesn't say why that is. It's like, well, see, look, more white people are killed. And it's kind of like, I mean. It's more white people. <laughs> There's a lot more white people here than blacks. You're, you're a numbers guy. You know this. Like, that's statistics. <laughs> like, don't show me the numbers. Show me the percentages. Yeah. Like, come on now. That's not even that hard. I just don't like... That's what I hate about Facebook right now. This moment I hate about it is because you'll find people that'll, you know, it's on both sides too. It's, you know, Absolutely. you know, uh, this guy got killed, but let's talk about the, if you're not talking about the white guy that got killed, then, you know, and I think, what was it? Minnesota? It was, it wasn't in Minnesota. It was in Arizona, I think. Um, that's where I, I, I'll just say like as a history teacher, like, you want to talk about things that makes me want to take a, a baseball bat to a computer. Like, <laughs> yes, we know that white people get killed. Like, we get it. Yeah. But do you not remember any, like, even if you had a bad history teacher, you know the history of what has gone on in this country. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a whitewashed version of it, like, which in the South, a lot of, a lot of folks do. Yeah. If you've got that white voice, you can't avoid the glaring things. Like, you cannot act like the experience is the same. The white experience and the black experience hasn't been the same. I wish it could have been. Mm-hmm. But, but even today, it's, it's not. And, and you know, I think the stuff going on here recently proved that. I mean... And, and then you have things like, you know, the people are looting now and the people are, like, destroying stuff and, you know... You know... See, you know, you got our attention, and now look at you. You just, you're ruining it. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, man, but I feel like you know, some of that crap might be planted just oh, to I, just I, to get just to get the news ratings. I've seen a few. There, there was a there was something going around, and I, I cannot confirm it. I, I'd have to look into it. But one of them was a, a white guy going around, kind of inciting stuff. But. Look, even riots. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating. Uh, I was watching some video earlier of, of the '92 riots after Rodney King and a black business owner who was who was walking around after his his business had been burned and looted. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he's begging with me. I, I get that. Like I, I feel that. Yeah. But I'm also not gonna be one of those those white people who's like, well, look and see. You know, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, like, that's the King that nobody ever or uh, quotes is you know King said himself, riots. That's just the language of people who aren't being heard. Yep, exactly. And, and again, I, I don't, I don't say that was King condoning you burning things to the ground. And but yeah, you get, you I mean, you get so, you get so frustrated, and it's like you're screaming at the top of your lung. You know, you got, yeah. and nobody's paying attention to you. And you and know, it, and it, it, I mean, it sucks and it hurts, and and. I, so I'm not just gonna sit there and be all smug. I mean, look, white people ride over all the dumbest stuff in the world. I mean, <laughs> I, white people ride after college football games. And, yeah, and I mean, at sporting events, like it's, this is over a man that was killed. This was this, and not just not just George Floyd, but 
let's not forget Philander Castile was in the same city. Mm. And oh, that is right. Shot for no reason. For, for <laughs> given no no reason that they were able to give, other than they thought he was somebody that he wasn't. Yeah. Even though they a a licensed gun carrier and did everything that they would have wanted him to do. Yeah. Had a gun legally, was in his car, went by command, like followed off command. Now what happened what happened what happened with those police officers? Were they uh were nothing. Started drop. That was an Asian police officer, right? Uh he might have been Latina. Yeah, I don't know. But um, you know, I I know police are going to make mistakes, you know. I don't know what that's... I mean, I can't remember. I know it was bad, but, you know, there are some situations where police will make a mistake, you know. And when you mistake, Dreek, with you, you're working with money and doing accounting, like, yeah, somebody might lose some money. Yeah. Like, I make a mistake, and somebody might get a lower grade than what they get. Yeah, but they make a mistake. They're losing lives. So, you know, people die. Yeah. And you can't... You can't do that, and and I mean not not like not like you know not like mistaken identity. I mean like if like the the white guy that got killed in Arizona, um, you know he was in the hotel and the cops came in. Oh yeah. One one cop was like, "Put your hands up." The other cop was like, "Crawl toward me." And so the guy put his hands down and got lit up, and the, and the other cop lit him up. Because somebody saw him in the window of the hotel with his gun, which turned out to be a pellet gun. Pellet gun, yeah. Because he was a, uh, whatchamacallit, um, pest control guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, and, this, and part of that goes back to policing. Like, it's a two-part thing. You know, I'll get in trouble for this because policing is far too militarized. I mean, mm. this is that's part of my libertarian part. Like, our policing is so militarized, it's not even funny. Yeah. The guy shot that man in a in a hallway guy was crying with his hands in front of don't him don't shoot me <laughs> that guy had an AR-15 yeah with the words you're effed <laughs> on the barrel of a gun that man. kind of person does not need to be patrolling streets because you're not a police officer you are you are you want to be soldier of fortune like yeah you, that tells me that you walk into the streets every day thinking you're walking into a war zone, yeah. not a community that you're supposed to be protecting and serving. We got to get some cops on here, man. We should, and I, I, I would, I, I think most of them would agree that that there are some of those those cops that are like they're just way too overzealous about that stuff. Like, yeah, because you know my kid, you know, you know we're in Covington, Georgia. You know we had uh, Matt Cooper, who um, yeah. who survived you know a horrible situation. And you know he came to my kid's school and like you know my kid sees police officers and they're and they're heroes to him, right. and I don't want him to like you know grow up hating cops. And and I've met Coop before. Coop's good people. Yeah, and you know a lot. I mean a lot of them are man. I mean a lot of good. I mean I get pulled over, dude. You know a lot. Well, not a lot, but I get pulled over. You know enough. I ain't never felt threatened for my life. I ain't never like you know. I ain't acting a fool either though. But well, there's a lot of good cops out here. Let me tell a quick story. You make a good point. Not acting a fool. I, I, I was coming back from uh, from Loganville one day, coming down Highway 81. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right there when you're coming out of Loganville, but right when you get into Oxford, before you get into Covington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The speed limit goes from 55 to 45 to 35. Yep. And you know the Oxford police out there sitting on the Oh, yeah. Just waiting on it. 
that waiting on them. Yep. And sure enough, I got pulled over. It was me and a buddy of mine. It was Kent, old Kent Harris. Good old Kent. <laughs> Kent was with me, and, and a guy I used to coach in wrestling was with me, and we were, we were coming back from watching a wrestling tournament. Yeah. And I got pulled over. And yeah. I, I mean, I was mad because I know why they, I know why they're sitting there. They're yeah. Waiting to, they waiting to screw people over. Yep. And I, I chewed that officer out, <laughs> yelled him up and down. I mean, I didn't cuss at him. Yeah. But, like, I was as disrespectful. And, again, I was young. I was probably was over over 10 years ago. Yeah. It's probably 10 or ten to 13 years ago. Yeah. But I always tell that story, and I'm like, man, I chewed him out. I yelled at him. I said, he ain't even doing a sorry job. He's not going <laughs> to here. But the point I always make is, can you imagine a black man? That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. I, I don't have the liberty. Imagine a young black man getting away with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't have the liberty. Say, and if you say you did, then you're lying. Like if yeah. you say that a black young black man could have got away with that, you are you are so delusional. It's not even. Funny. Yeah, like, I, I was taught yes sir, no sir, and there's a there's a great. There's a uh, rapper named Killer Mike. You know, he's pretty much like a dang activist. Yeah. He's like an activist almost. But I he he was Mike. at this he was at this town hall meeting, man. And oh my god, I, I cry almost every time I watch it, man. He was you know he was pretty much saying like you know, black people want to talk about revolutionary and and, and you know causing and starting a revolt, but you know you can't even feed yourself. You can't even like you know you don't you don't own guns. You don't know how to shoot your guns if you do own them. And he was like you know. <laughs> I mean that's that's the that was the gist of the story, I mean, but, at the, but at the end he was like, "You got to survive the encounter, you know. You got to say yes sir, no sir, and if the cop is being wrong, then you need to you know go call dad and have him come with the lawyer." And you know he said instead of laying on the street like a freaking dog, man, and I'm like that I think this is when um. Michael Brown, I think the whole Michael Brown thing when he was like, oh, maybe maybe he tussled with the cop. Nobody really knows. He just said, survive the encounter. And that's that's how I was raised. Like, just, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Right. Cop, cop might spit in your face. You can't do nothing about it. And it's, and it's like the guy who's kneeling on, you know, George Lloyd's back, and people are sitting there just looking at him, and the guy's screaming, I mean, I guess I haven't watched the video. The guy's asking for help. He had a rifle firefighter. Someone, someone who works in the same service industry as a police officer who is telling them, you're killing him. Yeah. Like, she is there saying, I am a, I am a Minneapolis uh, firefighter. You got the other guy, the black guy, that's, that's giving commentary, too. Apparently, he trained with the police academy. Like, like these aren't... All right, so get... So get my... My thing is, is that if, let's say I'm riding with my boy Corey or my boy Brent, and a cop has him on the ground and pent, like, I'm going to fight that cop. And if I have to die, then I'm going to die. But I'm not going to sit there and just let him get, you know. Right. That's just, that's where I'm at with it. I'm not going to sit there with a cell phone and record it. I mean, yeah, it's good. To, I'm glad that he got captured because if it didn't, who knows where it would be. Thank God that the guy who shot the video, even though he was, you know, Found out to be in the wrong. I guess he was part of the whole, you know, detainment. Well, yeah. Like I'm going to fight. Like if if I if I have to tackle a cop off of a guy, and get t shot, tased, you know, hit with a club, I'll take that risk, you know, to save my friend. Or God forbid, that's Andrew on the ground. If if 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I told I told T that I told T that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say I I just just from this is from what I mean my experience having I mean obviously I'm white so my experience is far different. Like my parents didn't have the same conversation that I know black parents have with their kids. Yeah. How survive a police encounter? Now I know this not because you know somebody I read it somewhere. I know this because I've lived my life. Mm-hmm. with good black friends around me. I worked at a school for 10 years where it was me, our principal, and a bunch of black women that I worked with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, they were my friends. They're not just black women. They're people that I love and care about and cherish and yeah. call and, and still meet up and have lunch with. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're people who I've shared my life with, and I've heard their stories, all of them, of the talks they've had to have with their kids. Mm-hmm. My mom, who, who is as old and as southern as can be, you know, her, her best friend from working for 30 years at New Medical Center is uh, Miss Louise, uh, a white woman, and she's talked about how she's also had to have that. My, my mom knows about that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it, it's a different experience and a different life, and, and a lot of people just don't realize that. But I- it's because they don't grow up, and they don't, they, they might even have what they would call black friends, but they don't share their lives to the point to where they hear those kind of stories, where they're yeah. actually here. Or, or if they do hear it, they don't hear it enough or from enough people to where it actually sinks in. And it shouldn't. It should just come from one person they should believe in. But sadly for a lot of people, it, it takes it again and again and again. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've always said, and you know, you talked to me earlier about, you know, what, what kind of conversations do we have with our kids about race and, I do think part of it is conversations. Ella and I had a long conversation when she and I went and walked after Mont Arbery, and, and we've talked before. But part of it, too, is, like, my kids are going to be raised in communities that are both black and white. Like, yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be, I mean, they I, we teach at Newton High School. It's, it's, yeah. Like, and it's okay to be, it's, I mean, I know kids that, you know, I got, I got friends that, you know, don't see white people at all. They they live in black neighborhoods. They work in black areas. They don't see many whites, but they know to respect a white person just like they want to be respected. And I think the biggest danger of any parent is to just ignore it all and just put up your bubble and hope that nothing infiltrates it. That's the biggest danger because... What's going to happen is your kid is going to get older and he's going to see, you know, he's not he's not going to be a, he's not going to be educated enough to even, you know, sympathize with you know, with a black man or, or, or you know, or a white man, you know. Uh, it's it's uh it's a tricky conversation, but you got to have it. It's it's just as important as the birds and the bees, maybe more important. But, I mean, I, you're you're right. You can't, but that's what we've done is we've ignored it. I, I say that in the church all the time because I always point out the most segregated place in America is Sunday morning. Is it church. church? Yeah, for sure. Straight up, like it's not even. And, and I, you know, you said earlier that you know racism is a sin. Crazy thing is, I have spent my entire life in white churches. I have never once heard a white pastor preach on racism as a sin. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I know plenty of those guys. Who would say like, yeah, racism is a sin? So yeah. I'm not indicting every white pastor I've ever known. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I have heard sermons preached on every sin known to man, <laughs> except racism. And and we've never had—I mean, spiritually, we've never had that watershed moment. And 
uh, of, of pastors in churches standing up and saying, we've never dealt with this. Like, And when we get to heaven, it won't be no... <laughs> it will be a black and white section, I don't believe. And I don't believe it'll be a Republican and Democrat section. We all it's going to be everybody... On Jesus, and, it, and that's what it should be about now, but it ain't going to be that way because of sin. Right. And pride and ego and, you know, I got to get the last word in and I got to prove right. my point. And if you don't agree, I'm just going to delete you. I don't. Well, that's, that's my other one, too. It's just listen. Just listen. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I could give, if I, I mean, I, I look, I'm not an expert on any of this. It, it, you know, even though I work in, in, you know, my, my school is majority black. I have, I have black friends. I, I have not just black, but people that I care about and love, but I'm still no expert. Yeah. All I would tell somebody is just listen. Yeah. Just sit down and listen. You don't have to say anything. Like. Yeah, exactly. You don't got to. Yeah, you don't got to freaking reply. You don't got to post something just to be contrarian. Like right. somebody posted, uh, you know. What about all the cops that got killed? You know, I'm like, dude, if I stand on the cop's neck and kill him, I'm going to jail and I'm probably going to get life in prison if I'm not shot right there on the scene. Like, it's no, it's, it's like immediate judgment. It ain't like. George Floyd might have written a bad check. Like, that's, like, we don't know the full of it yet, but we know the worst that it was is that he wrote a bad check. They said it might have been a fake, they said it might have been a, they said it might have been a, they said it might have been a fake twenty dollar bill. Is what it might have been a counterfeit twenty dollar I mean, bill. Oh my! See, like you know, that's... and yeah, he didn't comply. I guess they had to drag him out of the car. I guess that was. A, I guess that's why the guy was the, the the police officer was so angry and you know aggressive because he didn't get out of the car right away. So he had to drag him out of the car and you know, then he put him in cuffs or whatever. But dude, you just gotta take a chill pill, man. You got somebody's life in your hands. We got to get some cops on here next week, maybe. I got another. Like, you got to treat people with with equal respect every single day. Yeah. And And it's tough because they're human. Like I said, they're human. They have bad days. But, yeah, you're you're paid to put all that crap to the side. Maybe they need to be paid more. I don't know. Right. I mean, I know some guys out there just, you know. They just want that. They want that authority. Like they want to have that authority over people. Oh man! And some people really want to. Some people really love other people and want to protect other people. You know, and I think it's just a uh, every every group, race group has bad apples in it, man. And it's just up to it's up to the police force to get rid of those bad apples, and um, you know. If we can all move forward, man, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work, though, man. And I just and I, I, a lot of times I say I, I think one of the solutions for this, and this is this is never popular on any ground. I, I think you have to raise the pay for police officers. I think, and I say that to say you don't. I'm not saying to pay bad police officers more. Yeah. You need to raise the standards for being a police officer. Yeah. Like, if you're paying them this low, then think about something. Again. I am not saying that all police officers go into it because they can't do anything else, but you have a lot of guys who go in mm-hmm. and low pay attracts low quality. Like mm-hmm. that's like that's just the truth. Yeah, you're asking people to put their lives on the line all the time, and you're paying them absolutely nothing. Yeah, it 
if you pay them more, you can raise your standards more. It's the same thing you with like it's, it's just like teachers in like poor neighborhoods, man. It's like well, I mean, some teachers don't give it. Some teachers don't care. What what inevitably comes out whenever I mean I would say seventy five percent of the time in these cases is that these are police officers who have a long history of reports. It's already coming in on this guy from Minneapolis. He's got a long list of uh, mm-hmm. more more reports, more complaints than normal. Well, if you've got higher standards, yeah, you can see those guys before this ever happens. I mean, you can you, you can you can say that about anything though. Like, look at like Food Depot. <laughs> right, but like we said. Lives are on the line here. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But like, I'm just yeah. getting to your point. Like, you know, the higher the pay, the better the quality, and the and the right. better the you know, you compare Food Depot to, to Publix. I'm sure Publix people get paid a lot more than not a lot more, but they get paid more substantially more than a Food Depot employee, right? And, or Chick Fil A. You know, everybody Chick Fil A is happy, and they they probably get paid more than the guys working at churches, right? So. You know, they'll get they'll get rid of somebody with a bad attitude because they got a hundred applicants that's ready to come work for them because they get paid more. Right. You want you want Chick Fil A in Publix in your in your policing then? I mean, that's for real. That's yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at. And that's a shout out to the Michael Cobbs and the Richards of the world, the good cops that I know. Like, yeah, absolutely, pay these guys more. Like, Heck yeah! Come on now, the good guys. Like, and that makes it like we said, you can get rid of the bad guys because you won't have somebody waiting to take their place. Yep. Who, who can do that job confidently? Exactly. <sighs> take a breath, man. Deep breath, man. <laughs> this is the real. This is the first real moment on the podcast. I really didn't want to get there. I really didn't want to go here, man. But it's just. We can't we can't ignore what's going on, man. It's just Well, it's like I told my wife. We we've been visiting the church and looking around and I said, you know what, like that's gonna be one of my bellwether when when something like this happens, if if I don't hear about that from the pulpit on Sunday, yeah. I don't wanna be at that church anymore. Look, I don't need you to preach a whole sermon yeah. on it all. But like if you can't mention Yeah, what's going on? A lot of people hurting right now. Yeah. Then I don't I don't know. I don't know if I need to be here. Like yeah. you're, I mean, you can't talk about the gospel of Jesus and all this kind of stuff all the time without mentioning the things going on in the world around you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <sighs> all right, man. I don't even want to talk about face mask anymore. <laughs> we can, you want to do that next time? We'll do it next time. <laughs> we can, we can feel, right, we can, we can record again. I, I can do it. I, I'm, I let me I'm let me just say be... let me just say it quick. All right, so the face mask, yeah. you know, debate. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Never mind. I don't want to talk about it no more. We'll talk about it. All right. We'll, I might not talk about it at all. We'll talk about it after, off the phone. <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> all right, man. Let's take a break. We're going to, uh, you know, sip some uh, water. Get my throat back, man. I've been... I feel like I've been yelling. I'm sorry if I've been yelling. This is, uh, this is an important topic. You know, please talk to your kids. You know. Please. I mean, let them watch the news to an extent. You know, some of that stuff is kind of raunchy on the news. But, you know, let them know that, hey, you know, this building is burning in Minnesota because either one, somebody's been paid to do it, or two, people are so upset that they don't know how to express themselves in a more uh, visible, I guess, manner. I don't know. But, you know, they can't. Like you said, MLK, you know, 
it's the it's the way the unheard get heard. Right. Set and, stuff on and, fire. Yeah. I still and, think. I mean, I, for me, just talking to white listeners, like, listen, just listen. Yeah. Like, just just shut up for a minute, and and open your ears, and without having to be like, well, but or what about or just just be quiet and listen to people, listen to their pain, listen to their hurt. Like, try and get to the root of it, because then you're going to start trying to get to the root of you, too. Yeah. So that's ultimately, you know, why do you want to move out of the community you're in into another community? <laughs> why do you want to quit jobs? Why do you want your kid in private school? Is it because you think the education quality is better? Is that really it? Yeah. That, uh, and again, I'm not, I, you know, the problem is that the white people do get very defensive. They get real defensive real quick. Yeah. Because they're like, that wasn't me. That wasn't, I didn't live back then. I, yeah. I didn't yeah, fight yeah. the Civil War. Yeah. You're right. You were. It, but you carry some of that. You yeah. carry, like, sociologically, you carry that. You yeah. know, those white police officers that that were sicking dogs and, and water hoses on people during the Civil Rights Movement, mm-hmm. like, you thought they had children, and they raised the children with the values that they had. Mm-hmm. And, and then those people, those kids, grew up and had children too yeah and and the values i mean it might not be as bad as as old uncle <laughs> yeah yeah but but some of it it does water down i mean it does oh yeah for down. sure it trickles and so you know don't don't be so quick to be like well i didn't do that all those years ago yeah you're right you didn't but but you should look at some of the decisions you make and say but does anything i do reflect that Mm-hmm. yep all right, man. Let's take a break. We got one question coming up. It'll lighten the mood, I hope. Just be, just, just love, just love people. <laughs> just love, unlike me loving anchor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Thank you for all the listeners, man. Ooh. If you if you survived that conversation, you're a loyal one. You're loyal. You are appreciated. All right, we got a question from the website. Send your questions. Website is www.diapersanddoghouses.com. Scroll to the bottom. Send us some feedback. If you hate the show, love the show. If you want us to keep talking about race or you want us to don't talk about it ever again, let us know. Money talks. I'll shut up. Um, Drink's already selling us out. <laughs> nah, man. We got we to gotta keep it real, man. Alright, we got a question from Fake Name is Screech. I heard your question last week about the wife and husband getting money for their joint birthday and the husband pocketing it all. My family loads my wife up with gifts on every occasion, but her side gets me jack. What should I do? This is from Screech. Well, Screech, uh, me personally, I would not mention anything. You know, I just have to take that L. But I can see how it's a little frustrating that, you know, you can either A, tell your family, hey, chill out, <laughs> don't get her anything, or B, just shut up about it. You're not going to demand your wife's family give give you gifts. Right. So I don't know. I guess you could talk to your wife and see what, you know, what she thinks about it all, but. You can't tell your family not to get your wife anything because her family's not getting you anything. That don't sound, that don't make any sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say take a look, too. Like, all families are different. Like, this whole, like, having to have equal gifts, like, chill out. Like, it's not... <laughs> you know, meanwhile, Alicia's family, like, they they, they do gifts a little more subtle-wise. Like, my wife, they are more kids in the family. There were, there were five of them. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas, you know, didn't go nearly as far. They're stretching. Got five yeah, they had to stretch it more. And, and so, you know... Uh, I've always been that way about gifts. Like I tell my wife, I've got an Amazon wish list. Yeah. You can buy all my books used. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> like, buy me a bunch of used books. Buy me buy me one or two things off my wish list. You spend twenty five, thirty bucks. Yep. I'm happy. Like, oh I'm yeah. Good. Oh yeah. If I want something crazy expensive, I'll save up by buying myself. Oh yeah. That's so, yeah, that sounds know, about right. You got to look at your 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 wife's family and be like. How were they raised? Like, yeah. is, it, is it making a conscious effort to, like, demean your wife or demean you? Like, is somebody is somebody actually needing this to be an insult to you? Yeah. Or is it just a little bit, is it just how things are done differently in different families? Oh, like, yeah. You know, we, I mean, we should be happy we live in a country at all where we can sit around and give gifts for holidays like we do. Like, That's true. We over here hanging out in middle-class America, like... <laughs> Like, be thankful. Like, yeah. I mean, so. if, you, if you want to be petty, you know, tell your family to just get gifts that y'all both can enjoy, man. Say, hey, get a gift card to, you know, to the Ruby Tuesday or something. Are they, yeah. are they closed? I think they closed. Oh, yeah, they closed. Del Taco's there now. Del Taco, yeah. Yeah, tell you, tell, get a Del Taco, yeah. uh, you know. Get a, uh, that's where Brent used to work. I gotta call Brent, check on him, make sure he's not suffering over there, man. Uh, good old Ruby Tuesday game. Uh, All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode, man. This is episode eleven. Yep. I feel good about it. I like it. Um, good. We'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate y'all. See ya.